0: All right, hi everybody. It's Ryan from pi Records, and I'm here with Lorenzo Valdembrini, famous for Surfer Joe and all things
1: surf. How are you? Hello, everybody. I'm pretty well. Luckily, even if the situation is quite strange, but I'm well. Are you
0: you guys? We're surviving. Are you guys? Sorry. Are you guys staying safe over there in Italy?
1: Yeah, we're safe right now. You know, as you know, everybody knew that Italy uh, was hit pretty hard at yeah. the beginning uh, of uh, 2020. Now, I would say that right now in this moment, we're a bit better than other European countries. But still, we have to keep our eyes open because, you know, things may change anytime. In fact, we're talking again about uh, new lockdowns and, uh, you know, new blocks for the businesses and so on and so on. So we try to stay healthy, you know, following the rules, but uh, trying to stay healthy.
0: It, it, it seems every time, every time they give a little bit more, uh, they they let down on the lockdowns a little bit, there's another surge. So uh, that happens with the sports teams over here. They're all getting COVID.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a very difficult situation. Certainly there are some categories like the, the music the musicians are completely stopped right now. And, uh, there's nothing much we can do. You know, those are the, the biggest, uh, occasions in which a lot of people get together and, uh, you know, there's possibility of spreading the virus. So it's understandable, but it's frustrating on the other side because we all feel like that, uh, all the works that we've done in the past years, all the, you know, all the all the hard work, uh, everything that we have built up, it's is you know is destroying itself, uh, and uh, yeah. we have no chance to play, we have no ch- chance to do anything, and I'm not a big fan of the of the streaming live concerts because I mean they're fine for a certain amount of time, but the business can't survive this way. Yeah, and, uh, same for the same for the recordings, of course, we all into the trying to record. I hear a lot of friends that got very much inspired during this time and, and produced a lot of music, luckily for them. But my had to be honest, has been very much into uh, how to carry on. So, uh, yes, the music is fine, but I need already to think of what's going to be next. And wh- when are we going to start again? yeah so you know it's tough time but at least at least we are good we're alive and we're still talking about surf music so it's okay
0: yeah so so uh tell me a little bit about your involvement in the in the community i it's very huge but tell me a little bit about where your place is in the surf community and surfer joe well uh
1: I've been into into surf music since uh, about the second half of the 90s. I'm not that old. I'm, I'm turning 45 in a week. Uh, but, uh, you know, like many other people got involved into that, but there was no inter- internet at the time. And it was difficult, more difficult to know each other. And uh, uh, Italy exactly was not USA. So, you know, the connection between... Uh, members of a community were more difficult at the time. Um, when the internet came up, of course, I, I introduced myself, um, like like many other people, and uh, I started up mainly. Well, I was playing, of course, in bands. I even singing at the time because I also had a, a band playing uh, a lot of vocals and Beach Boy stuff, California music. I, I like a lot the California sound. Um, But then I started Surfer Joe Summer Festival, and this is literally how the Surfer Joe brand started. And it was back in 2002. Um, So, well, nothing much, you know, got a website, put it up there, organizing shows. And then in the summer 2003, I started up uh, the Surfer Joe Summer Festival, which has been uh, lasting for many years except for a little break of uh, four years between 2004 and 2008, because I moved outside of Italy. I've been living in the Caribbean for a few years. And uh, we restarted in 2008 with a brand new crew. My brother getting involved and it was a big push to redo this thing. And since then we've been going straight until 2020, unfortunately. So my involvement in the scene is is, as, of course, as an event organizer, organizing this festival, which has been uh, very good with us because the world came uh, and has been renowned as to to be the the most awaited event. And we really met a lot of people in some occasions, like in 2015, 2017, we had approximately 10,000 people attendance to the festival. That if you think that is uh, an instrumental gathering, just instrumental music, it's pretty impressive. Other than that, as you know, apart from the, from the, the, the festival organization, in uh, the year 2012, so when I came back from the Caribbean, I came back in 20, uh, 2011, uh, with my brother and another partner, Francesco, we opened the Surfer Joe Diner, which initially had to work as a sort of a, a location for the Surfer Joe Summer Festival and our support to provide food and beverage. But in the end, it developed as, a, as an independent business. It's an American diner, but we have a lot of international cuisine. And with the time we opened another two locations, even in Lucca, which is a close city to Livorno. And, uh, and recently, 26th of October, we opened our third restaurant so still here in Livorno, a different place, downtown. Not that Livorno is a big place, it's a big city. It's a small town, but we opened another place. And uh, that's it for for the businesses. And apart from that, as you know, Surfer Joe, uh, my main occupation is being a musician. I'm always around because I'm not really actively working in the restaurant business. Uh, I mean, I've always been uh, around until February 2020 with quite a lot of shows per year, I have to say. Uh, And uh, always traveling, traveling everywhere, Europe, uh, the U.S., japan south america i've been all over so that's what i do so people know me both for the festival and uh, of course for the other businesses and uh, because i'm always around playing the music so maybe some people saw so my show attended my show
0: so what uh, what what bands are you playing in right now are as of
1: february 2020 <laughs> Yeah, well, I I Surfer Joe. I'm I'm normally working as a as a single artist. That's my name, Surfer Joe. That's it. Uh, you can say it's difficult for lots of people to understand that, and it's pretty strange, of course, because it's not very uh, common to have uh, to see solo artists, especially in this in this kind of small uh, music niche. But yeah, I work by myself, and I use musicians here and there. Now I have some more stable lineups musicians here in Europe. Um, right now I'm playing with Peter De Donker, who is also the drummer of uh, the great band Los Venturas from Belgium, who is living since a couple of years here in, in Italy. So we play together. And on bass, I use uh, other musicians, Alessandro or uh, Daniele, other guys here from all people that have been involved with long time with the music and with surf music. And when I'm around in America and so on, many, many times I play, well, I would say 99% of the time I play with John Paul Balak, which you might know for the Insect Surfers, Tikiaki Orchestra, a lot of other bands. And on drums, I have a few people I'm working with still. Peter is following uh, is following me in some in some tours, in most of the tour, because I'm still a professional musician, so Peter the Donker. But I've been playing with Christopher Roberts, also the drummer for Insect Surfers, with Vincent, Vincent from High Tide and Black Flamingos, we we did a few tours together with him on drums, and uh, but the name Surfer Joe still refers to myself, and even for the records because I'm doing all the records by myself. I play all instruments, so that's it's it's a one man band. Why did you choose the name Surfer Joe? Well, Surfer Joe obviously is is from the title of the Surfari song, and. Uh, I don't know. I found it pretty cool at the time. When I started using it, it was 1999. And uh, <laughs> no particular reason. <laughs> I started there and it seemed, you know, uh, normal to continue using the name Surfer Joe even for the other businesses. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Uh, I, I want to get to the... To the um, what what made you want to start the festival uh, and how did it get so big um, is it because of your location in Europe that every, everybody found that it was kind of a central
1: location I don't know is it is a question that uh, that we we put to our ourselves many times um, There is one thing I have to say that is a very uh, professionally organized festival. And, uh, uh, you know, sometimes in the small businesses, a small niche of music, uh, it's not so common. But we try to organize a festival that still refers to a niche, to a very uh, specific uh, music scene that is small, but we're trying to do it professionally. And since day one, I've been working with sponsorship, but uh, given a lot of attention to some details of the production, like the sound, like, uh, uh, the hospitality. Um, and other than that, I don't know why. We've been continuously organizing this thing. We've been doing it pretty well. Uh, we've been investing quite a lot of money with all the activities. We're trying to do everything the best we could. Um, In the beginning, if you think of that, uh, when I started Surfer Joe, it was just to promote the Italian surf music. In 2002, 2002 when I started, there were about 17 surf bands in Italy. Some of them are like like, the great brother was four. Um, So my initial point was to promote the Italian surf music. And when I did the first Surfer Joe Summer Festival in 2003, I already had collaborated at the time with some promoters and they were organizing tours of bands, like for example, Zlecton, Bami Molesters, or The Revelers. These were the three international names that participated to the first Joe Summerfest. Um, another thing that I would add is that, uh, uh, and this is very important. Well, you need to consider this thing, even if it's a small market, you still need to consider it professionally. So you need to give to it the attention uh, that you give to any business. This is a business. There's a lot of money going on. You have, we have a lot of employees. Uh, we arrive to have almost 25, 30 employees during the festival and they all have to be paid. There are responsibilities, there are laws to follow. It's very important. So everything has to be done methodically, but also we need to bring people. So going back to your question, Another aspect that is very important is to understand, unfortunately, I say this, that music is only part of the business here. Uh, People don't come exactly for the music itself or the music alone. People come to an event nowadays for the experience and the experience is the most important thing so it has to be an experience 360 degrees so yes of course the music is the most important thing you have the band people are talking about the moment we spend more or less we try to organize the program the smartest way possible but at the same time we need to put together the location we need to put together activities afternoon activities like symposium, seminars, uh, presentations, introductions, meet and greet with the artist, and then the food symposium, cocktails, liquors, and cars exhibition. You know, you put everything because people come here for an experience. And uh, while in America, there are many occasions uh, like this, because I find that the, the event organization I might be mistaken over here, but I'm telling you my opinion out of my belly. It seems like The event organization is a bit easier than in many places in Europe where the laws and the regulations are really killing you. Um, There are not many festivals like these everywhere in Europe. So, of course, it became an attraction for a lot of people coming from everywhere. And in the past few years, more and more people are coming from the U.S., which, of course, we're very proud of that. Uh, Still, we just we did just try to work at our best. That's how we got the people in. So there's a
0: couple of bands I want to mention to you, and uh, I want to know the first thing that comes to your mind, the Shadows and Messer
1: Chups. All right. I'm a big fan of both of them. The Shadows. Shadows are not a surf band, of course, not a surf band for a lot of reasons. Uh, I still consider the Shadows the greatest instrumental band of all times. And, uh, you know, I've been on tour in many places, including Japan, where uh, I mentioned Japan specifically because I want to mention the ventures, which many times are uh, considered the greatest instrumental band of all time, which is true for many aspects. But even if you go to Japan, so where the venture literally created the Eleki movement that then was followed by uh, Takeshi Teroshi, Yuzo Kayama, Sharp Five, and all the great lackey bands of the time. But still, the shadows are put in a, in a sort of a I wouldn't say a higher level. But, you know, you have when you go in a record store, you see all the bands. Then you find above the above those, you find the Beatles. You find the shadows, you find the Pink Floyd. So this makes me think, apart from my personal taste, that the shadows uh, not exactly better or not, but they are into the music culture of a lot of places everywhere more than the ventures because the ventures are surely probably greater in in the us but definitely not in europe the shadows are the shadows uh and for us have been the only instrumental band that was able to fill up a stadium because that is a reality especially the last tour so so when i think about the shadows i think about the echo i think about anc marvin i think about fantastic melodies uh, some of the some really great musicians, innovators of the instrumental guitar style. And I really love them. But I'd not I don't consider them, of course, a surf band. Surf is a Californian phenomenon. As much as we're trying to play it to understand what surf music is, you had to be in 62 in Southern California. We are trying to recreate that. But surf bands were from Southern California in 1962. Um, Then you mentioned Messer Chops Curiously uh, I'll tell you something that I don't know if I ever said to anybody Yes, probably some friends Uh, There had to be the first Tour of Messer Chops in the US A few years back Before actually it happened the first time And uh, I was supposed To play on drums with them Uh, I don't know Why they asked me to join them I said, oh yeah, with pleasure I know the songs I played there but then the, the, the two the 2 didn't happen because, you know, their initial visa problems and everything. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm a big fan of them. I think Master Chops are a band that really uh, has something going on. And of course, this is obvious. If you check out the following, I'm not saying something new. The cool thing of Master Chops, I think, is that they get a, a much broader uh, audience than we get with surf music, per se. You get the rockabilly you get the beat, you get the garage, you get the lo-fi styles, whatever they are. You got surf music, and they do all this with style. Because Oleg is, without any doubt, one of one of the best guitarists in in the, in the in the surf music scene. Oleg is fantastic, and if you think it is one guitar player, but the way he plays, uh, he allows you not to miss the rhythm guitar. He has a very peculiar way of playing the guitar and I like I love him. I love him. It. It's, it's fantastic so Vettelano does does her job very very good obviously the look and feel of and helps a lot because it would be stupid not to say so they have a very specific stage presence that is that is unique uh, because as much as you know uh, Man Rastrowman introduced the uh, electronic element the science fiction element in the instrumental music, or let's say, serve music in the early 90s. The same thing, Master Chops, they're not being the first one introducing the creepy element, the monster element, the zombie element, but they worked on that and they brought it to a, to a new level, you know? So I really have a, um, I really like both of this band, of course, between the two, uh, I love more the Master Chops because I like to, to, you know, they are a, a modern band, my same age, and and uh, and I, I love the, I love what they're doing, and I'm very happy for their great success. Great,
0: great, great, great. I I too love love the master shops, and I'm learning more about the shadows, and I'm gaining a, a great appreciation for them. Um, I it seems to me, your very much about the community, the this, this surf scene. Um, as far as labels and bands, um, how do you connect with them and how involved and often are you, are you in contact with them? And what are maybe some of the interesting conversations you have?
1: Well, I'm in contact with people from the, let's call it the surf scene. Um, on a daily basis, friends. Because you know, I made a lot of friends, and actually, probably my best friends are within the within the community. Um, not here because there's nobody from around here. Very few people in Italy, <laughs> but some of my best friends include you know people like uh, Jeff, the big dick dude, or John Paul Balak, Vincent, or you know uh, Ted from Southern Pilgrims. You know, um, even my partner, Bjorn, from Surfing Industries, as we met inside the surf community. Um, So I'm in touch with a lot of... Oh, Ralph, Ralph Kilauea, all the Kilaueas have been some of my best friends, you know, from Berlin. Um, So I'm in touch with all all these people on a daily basis. And uh, as much as I feel that it is difficult in the past few years to really talk about a surf community, when I got more involved, strongly involved into into this thing uh, in the early two thousand, uh, especially with the uh, the beginning of the Surfer Joe Summer Festival, I felt that the community somehow was a bit stronger. Like there the was more um, there was more attention, you know, to what the others were doing. Now. Uh, uh, There's still a lot of attention, but the Internet has enlarged the the possibility of getting in touch much, uh, much more. Give new possibilities to talk to people. And uh, there's a lot of people uh, who are commenting, writing, expressing opinions that probably are not even entitled to do so. Excuse me if I'm very straight. And this is because they don't have the records. And this is because they don't know very much the origins of this music. And like for anything, you need to start from the origins of it to create your own, to do your own research and arrive to have a knowledge of what you're talking about on any aspect. So from the music to the actual songs, to the style that you like the most, to the music instruments used, to the history of the genre, and so on. And so, on. so the internet has brought a lot of things. So this thing did not help very much to keep the community, the surf community strong. Then, of course, many of us grew older. So, I mean, it's not when we were 20 years ago, we all had more time to do things. Mm-hmm. Now, many of us, me too, we have families, we have things, so not necessarily we have all the time uh, to spend. But when I'm talking to my friends, we uh, we talk about, all sorts of things, seeing the bands that are coming up, the instruments, uh, you know, by gear, uh, the usual thing. You know, an example of this is surfguitar11.com. That is still the core and the reference for uh, the, surf, the surf community and the, the archive of conversation and discussions There are storing there. It, they really mean something because really they are, they now are the history of the John in any possible ways, because any possible figure that ever that have ever taken part of the surf scene from the 60s, sooner or later, has written something in that forum and has participated to some conversation. So the conversation is always the same. We, we talk about what we see around us in the surf community. Awesome.
0: Uh, I want to ask you about your guitar because you are known for your guitar playing. What guitar do you play and why?
1: I like to play Jazzmaster and Jaguar because I liked uh, since the beginning, since the first time I saw them, I like the shape of them and I did like the sound of them. Uh, but I think there are different guitars, although just to just to let people understand that I very well know the history, surf guitar surf guitar started with a stratocaster that's it there's no other thing started with a stratocaster it's if you if you deny this you simply don't know the genre this doesn't mean that i like the stratocaster the most it's an amazing guitar but i never felt very comfortable with that probably even because because i didn't i haven't played that guitar that much and probably not even played a good one which i would like to do one day um uh, but i i really like the jaguar and jazz Master. these two guitars have different meaning um the jaguar as as much as many people like them like crazy i think still the jaguar is probably the best rhythm guitar ever done it's fantastic but that particular twang the uh, short sustain and everything don't make it a lead guitar to me to my personal taste but also depends on how many guitars you have in the band because you if you have just if you have two guitars you can do whatever When you have just one guitar, you want a guitar that is a bit more full, like a a fuller sound, heavier body, deeper sound, longer sustain, um, more intense sound, you know? And this is where the Master, in my opinion, comes in. Um, When I go back to play the Jaguar, for example, you know, I play as a trio, so I'm the only guitar, which is not, as a surf band, is not the best choice. I know that. I promise that I will start doing some concerts even with the rhythm guitar because I know and I miss the rhythm guitar. I know that. But touring a lot, trust me, makes it not that easy to bring around a lot of people. Uh, when I go back to play the Jaguar, I feel very comfortable with it. But at the same time, I'm now feeling that I'm missing something. I'm missing like a sort of a bottom end of sound that sustain me from the back that I there's something that I have with the jazz with the jazz master. so lately I've been playing with the jazz master uh, but these are the two major guitars. Another guitar that I have I don't have many guitars first of all because I'm a musician I'm poor and uh, I don't have many guitars. The musicians who tour a lot uh, have no money yeah. and when you have to buy something new you have to trade something that you have. Yeah. It cost me half of a lever to buy a showman years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and it's <okay. laughs> and I gave away my shoes to buy a, a, a river tanks, you know. But anyway, uh, I don't have many guitars. But one guitar that I have and I'm using it is a 1968 uh, Yamaha. Um, um, uh, what is the name of that? Uh, um, shit, um, SG2A, which is the samurai, the one with the samurai neck, the first edition of it. Two pickups like the like the Jaguar, but is is an ext- is an incredible sound. It's very similar to the Jazzmaster for many aspects, especially for the neck, although the neck is very flat. But it sounds fantastic. And that guitar is another guitar that I like to use a lot because I really like the sound of that. Uh, I find the bridge guitar the bridge pickup of that guitar much more interesting than the Fender guitars, depending on the songs that you play. So I like I like this thing. So off. Set guitars for me
0: awesome awesome i i
1: love the amp behind you can you tell me a little bit about that oh this this is this is what you need to make surf music there's no way to make surf music for real if you don't have a showman showman is is like what you need to leave with surf music this is a this is a double showman 1961 originally very low serial number But as a very long story. It was played by Dick Dale too in the early uh, 90s. Um, I will publish the story of this amplifier one day. It's pretty interesting. Um, Other than that, it's pretty regular, except for the fact that it was uh, modified by the person that was at the time the technician of Dick Dale to be an exact copy, an exact clone, on the Dick Dale number one amplifier. And this is, I don't know if it's the only one that is like but it's like this. We check the circuitry and it's almost all original. There are a couple of things that have been changed, but nothing impressive. Um, then all, all these amplifiers, they all sound different from each other. So yeah. realistically, you know, until you, you, you get used to one and you play with one. It's a pretty powerful amplifier because this, um, this is straight uh, 85 watts from the head but it picks much more, um, it's a brown face. And normally it depends also on what speakers you're using. Many times I use exactly this configuration. So I'm using two cabinets, one with the 115, um, with the tone ring, pretty heavy cabinet uh, with a JBL D140. So it's a 150 Watts rated speaker. And this is a 215, it is a normal uh, double showman cabinet with 215 JBL D130. And I like the sound of it. I like the power, the energy, and uh, I think it means it, it. means everything into serve music more than more than what people feel. I would say is how I feel on stage. You know, I'm happy when I play with this stuff, and I'm. I think that when you play happy, and you are happy of your sound, of what you was coming out of your, you know, your back and uh you you play better you you may, you manage to transmit something to the audience so uh, before before always thinking of what the audience think is is comes what i think and i'm very happy with this gear so i absolutely agree with the fact that this is one of the keys to serve music even if surf like any other genre come from your hands from the way you play the guitar but still this helps a lot because this is you know It's a legend. is a legendary sound.
0: Very cool. Very cool.
1: I'm a Fender guy myself.
0: I have a Fender amp. Uh, I play a Telecaster and a Stratocaster, and uh, I I I'm not sure. Maybe it's my style of playing uh, that just makes it feel more comfortable. Um, But I've always been Fender. My my. My uncles were in uh, surf bands it, growing up. So one played a Gibson, one played uh, a right and one played uh, a Stratocaster. And uh, when you kind of offset those, uh, they, they, they sound amazing together. I've heard tapes. And uh, so, but what, what I want to get into now is some of the publications that you read or contribute to, and what what kind of draws
1: you to those? Publications, I'm not a reader, so I have to say that I'm not contributing or reading much these days, to be honest. So um, why not? I could answer to that question. Why okay. not? Um, I don't know. I, I feel more like to listening to the music and uh, getting into that rather than reading it. Uh, there's a lot of Internet also change a lot. And I would be uh, it would be false if I would not say that I spend a lot of time over the Internet and I read a lot of stuff around, making my own opinion on things, of course, and looking what's around even for business purposes, like for the festival. But I'm not reading that much, not even I contributed uh, to many of them. Uh, quite a few people asked me for some interviews here and there throughout the years, and I've always been uh, happy to, uh, to tell my opinion on that for what I could, but without expecting to, be, uh, to say something that is uh, the Bible. I mean, I say what is right for me. I give my opinion on things when I'm asked, uh, but certainly I'm not uh, entitled to, 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 to say more, to say what's right or what's wrong. Uh, but I'm not reading that much, right? There. So, okay, I can't you know, help you with this question. <laughs> so one one thing that intrigued me
0: is not only the bands from Europe and Russia, but South America. What do you think of the the surge in South America uh, surf bands? What is your take on that?
1: Well, I have friends in South America, and I've been on tour in Mexico a couple of times. Uh, another guy that I know pretty well is Papu from the. Uh, I knew him from the Los Kahunas, of course. But Papu is a great character in the in the surf community, from from Argentina. Um, I've known people that are originally from there. Uh, at the time the the Twang Marvels, so Alex, even Boris, and uh, you know, and I know they influence uh, which find a lot of interest in the scene in Mexico to be honest um, Mexico is, is a splendid place and the energy that that the kids have, uh, the young people have into that it's super refreshing uh, Emilio, another good friend that I have there uh, from Los Grinders uh, like many other people are really enthusiastic about this music and when I went to Mexico the first time, someone told me, you know, here in Mexico, surf music uh, uh, is quite popular in kids in high school, and this makes the, the scene very fresh, probably because we cannot say for sure, but probably like it was in California in 1962. I felt this thing in the audience, and it was definitely very refreshing. Um the organization of the events of the shows were different, of course. Uh, but uh, uh, the, 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 the warmth of, of the people, of the audiences was impressive. And the same when I went to Brazil, these are my two experiences, experiences there. I went to Mexico and I went on tour in Brazil. I was supposed to go to Argentina, too, but never happened yet. Uh, they asked me to go, but probably I will go. Um, and even in Brazil was was very similar. Um, very big cities, uh, very different as the scene, but still I find a lot of warmth from the audience, very enthusiastic people. The bands that are coming out from from the South America, uh, they're all very interesting, but curiously, most of them, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the feel, the impression that I have. Most of them are uh, inspired mostly by the traditional surf music. So they like the original sound of it. So we're talking about river tank, Fender guitars, Twangy sounds, more than the revisited um, 2000 uh, modern sounding, rocky sounding uh, aggressive surf music. And because I'm a fan of traditional surf music, I, I surely appreciate that. So I have very good thoughts about, you know, surf music in uh, in South America. I really like it.
0: Good. There's, there's some great, great bands. Uh, there's a really interesting band I just spoke to called Terra Motor. And yep. um, Duda was talking about how he spent time in Greece and he used elements from Greek music, traditional uh, music from South America, and incorporated that. Um, and the sound is incredible. I don't know if you've heard it.
1: He was the guy from the Dirty Fuse, right? Yes. The left and went back. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um,
0: so one thing I noticed about Japan is how intense the musicians are w- with whatever they play, whatever genre. And I, I'd like to know your experience with uh, the scene or playing or meeting the people in Japan.
1: Japan is, after, after USA, from a music point of view, is probably my favorite place. Um, I have to say that I was very uh, excited, but me, John Paul, and the drums that came to me, Johnny, uh, my old drummer here in Italy, and Vincent, on my second tour. We were all very excited to go to Japan. For some reason, we've always seen Japan as like the place to go um, when the experience that we had there uh, actually fulfilled the expectations because the, place are in, the places are incredible, incredibly big. You find a lot of music, you find a lot of everything, and uh, the experience of the time spent in Japan is really amazing on any level. Uh, great fun for sure now coming to coming to the music and the thing, uh, you know, Japan has this myth of the leki music um, which is derived from the western instrumental music from the ventures but linked and fused together with uh, uh, traditional Japanese element. this is what Akashi Terushi did really, taking the old traditional songs and, and bringing them to the Electric Guitar, or Eleki. Um, the the show organization is very different from what we know. The way they go to the shows, the way to attend, the way to they de- organize the shows and everything. Um, even just the fact that you don't carry your own back line, but normally all clubs use the back line, and you find the same back line everywhere. Fender Twins or Roland amplifiers and so on and so on. Uh, and they all look at you with great interest, knowing that you're doing something that comes from abroad and you're playing it to them. But who comes to see you normally have a knowledge of what the traditional Japanese eleki music is. So when they talk about electric guitar, they always refer to those models, the Ventures, Takeshi Terayushi, uh, Yuzo Kayama and a few other bands. Um and when they play most of the band, except a few, and I, I share the stage with some of these the Lucky band, they're absolutely incredible. Like the musicianship is ridiculous, it's amazing. This the dedication to gain, to obtain that kind, the specific kind of sound that, of course, requires that instrument, like most bright guitar or Yamaha, the Roland amplifiers, all those things, but is the dedication to play that music. But, but the bands that play surf music there, comes to my mind surf coasters el caminos um the wise the surf vader uh the uh, oh their name uh, mazumi uh, well all the bands that have been there and I, i'm very uh, terrible these days to remember the names probably have too many things going on in my brain <laughs> but they really nail the surf sound like if you take the el caminos el caminos are like a perfect 1962 californian band Like you cannot get better. It doesn't get better than that. Like if they play a song, you gain exactly that kind of feeling when you listen to them. And it goes back to their dedication in doing things that for them means something. So if they if they look something and they say, "I like this thing. I really want this," then they will do everything possible to achieve to get to that result to achieve that goal. And they do it in the best way possible. So you need a gear. Fine. You save the money to buy the gear. You need that instruments. You need to play that way. You need to, they do it. Now, of course, uh, some say, some might say that, uh, that could be doing like this. There could be a lack of innovation because in the end, innovation is something that is, is important in the music. You know, it would be always interesting to try to give something new, but really, they do what they do so well that I, I am just amazed to, to see what they do without asking for nothing new. You know, it's really fun. Anyway, I can't wait to go back to Japan. First thing that I do when the COVID is done, coming back on tour in the U.S. since I've lost like two or three tours this year and, and going back to Japan. I can't wait.
0: So I'm very interested in knowing what you've been doing during lockdown as far as music, uh, I know you can't do much planning when it comes to touring, but I'm, I, I'm certain you've been writing and in, in, in things like that. Uh, is there anything in particular you may have been working on you're excited about?
1: Yes, excited, yes. I've been working also, yes. Not as much as I planned because I was supposed to record a new album. And uh, that I've almost finished recording and I'm very happy of it. I cannot say much about that because there's still quite a few things to the side, but it's going to come out a new album this summer. Officer for Joe. Uh, I was expecting to have the brain to work on that many months ago. So work on that directly on March, April, May, but honestly, uh, my brain was, uh, was fuzzy. Like, uh, I've always been used to drive a lot. In the past few years, I've been crazy. I've done between 120 and 150 shows per year. Everywhere. Going from that to zero, it did really put me down. And I can share the same feeling, at least with my colleagues, with Peter, drummer, John Paul on bass, Alessandro, the other person that played with me we did really feel down uh, and has been a big change in our life, because if you consider the amount of shows that and and the touring that we're doing, we were used to stay away from the families, to stay away from home for certain time. And all of a sudden we found ourselves, well, I was happy to spend more time with my kids, that's for sure. But at the same time, all my timing was completely fucked up. So my brain was not so productive to be honest i have a lot of songs that i was supposed to work on but i couldn't find the strength or i became lazy pretty easily then all of a sudden i started up again in uh, november december and uh, january started recording strong i did the drums of this new album last summer in august and then uh, um I'm finalizing now the album, which is coming out this summer. And uh, other than that, I focus on my other major business, apart from the restaurants, but I said I'm not working much for them, apart from a few things, which has been, of course, as you may know, surfing Industries, as we build river Tanks and I'm a co-owner of the business with Bjorn uh, in Sweden and, of course, surfing Industries USA, uh, based in Memphis. And... Uh, So we have uh, made the business stronger. We have dedicated ourselves to death a bit more, even because realistically, we need to bring money home at the end of a month. So we're trying to say, okay, what, what, what do we do? You know, okay, we have that. I have that at least. I'm lucky enough that I started this business. Let's try to work more on that because we have to create an income because we don't have an income right now. I got a little support from the government, but ridiculous, you know what I mean? Yeah. So... We've been, that's what I've been doing basically very methodically on a daily basis, basis working on the brand and at the same time trying to find the brain to write new music but all I'm saying is that you asked me if I was excited, yes I am because the record that I'm doing is going to be very good I really like it and it's going to be a little change compared to my usual music which takes definitely inspiration from the 60s. You know, everybody, people who know me knows that I'm very dedicated to that sound. You know, even like if I get here, the last record that I've done with Dionysus, Swell of Dwell, Swell of Dwell is is certainly traditional, you know, apart from a couple of songs that may have a a more sophisticated um, progression, or a few strange chords inside But it's definitely a, a, a more traditional Album The drums is at the back uh, The sounds, are, you know, the ones of the record Come out in 1962 The one that I'm doing Still takes inspiration from that But I pushed, the. Uh, I think I mean, I'm, I'm happy with the result <laughs> We'll have to see If also <laughs> other people feel the same I managed to push a little bit The rhythm section a bit more forward So making it a bit more modern as a as a mix the songs are good you know one advantage that i have in doing everything by myself is that most of many of the songs start in my brain and i have an idea of those then i don't write too much the structure of the song or exactly the note that i'm gonna play i go To record the drums, I record the bass, I write the bass line, I do them. And then when I get to the parts, the guitar, the melodies, I would say for a good 20%, I improvise at the time of the recording. And this is an advantage when everything by yourself, because while you play that, while you're there to record, you say, okay, well, this is working better this way. Let's change it over. Or instead of going to this chord, you know what? I'm going to this other chord because I like it more. Once I hear the drums and the full things and the arrangement, yes, I like that way more. So this allow me a lot of freedom. Uh, and sometimes, sometimes, songs that when you have it in your mind and you and you record a sort of a demo, you know, you say, ah, this is gonna be the best song of the album. But then when you go to record it, you feel completely the opposite. And some songs that you would consider like the fillers become like the main songs of the, of the album, which is very interesting. But anyway, that's the fun part. <laughs>
0: awesome. Now, forgive my ignorance, but I don't know much about reverb tanks. Ooh. Uh, I would love to hear your take on reverb tanks and a little bit of history behind that and how you
1: became involved. Well, uh, the, it, this is a, a very difficult question, Ryan, because I cannot tell you too much because we would break the servers of Zoom if <laughs> I start talking about reverb tanks. <laughs> no, just quickly. You know, reverb, here it is. Look, I point the finger here. Well, here. There's the Fender tank. Is a reissue, actually. I have a few. This is a reissue. I have a 63 Blonde. I have a 65. I have another reissue. and uh, The reverb... Uh, first of all, I start saying that the reverb is not the key of surf music. Surf music, I don't think, is the reverb per se. Surf music is in the finger. Surf music is the way you play the instruments. You need to have eaten a lot of surf, a lot of traditional stuff. You have been listening to pipelines for 1 million times and to all the classics, to Dick Dale, to Dave Myers, everything. You get it into yourself and all of a sudden, whatever you play, comes out with that style. The reverb helps a lot because the reverb defined for someone, serve music at some point uh, and adds the spice into this music and makes it very peculiar because the reverb differently from the vast majority of other music genre is applied at the recording time before the gain stage of the amplifier. So you with the guitar, you go in the reverb, then you go in the amplifier, which is different from what you do in most genres. where the technician tells you, oh, you record a guitar, then we add the reverb after because the reverb is a sort of an effect that uh, fills up the situation. You know, you play an amplifier dry in an empty room and you have a natural reverb coming from the, from the room. So this is why the reverb is applied after, because it's not exactly a guitar effect. It's something in the ambiance, in the environment. And this is the first thing that I like of surf, because the reverb not only has nothing to do with the environment, it has something to do with the actual sound that you're making on the guitar. And that effect influences dramatically the way you play. You change the way you play because of the reverb. Yeah. Waiting for that rebound of notes that you get. And it drives you to play in a certain way. You would not play the same way if you unplug the river. So this is the thing that I find magic on the river. Then the reverb is just <clears throat> the guitar signal that somehow is converted in a, in a, in a certain electrical uh, volume level and is made passing through springs that generates this sort of a, a, you know, echo effect that you hear. And the mechanical characteristics of, of those springs make a certain sound. So the kind of the signal level that gets into the springs, the quality of the material that the springs are made from you generate a certain kind of sound. Now, going back to this, the Fender Tank, of course, is the example for serve music because it's probably the best um, reverb for spring river for guitars uh, ever made and is a tube tank as you know and you can do everything with that there are a million ways to use it uh and everything changes depending on the guitar you use the gauge of your strings and uh, the wami bar you're using and the peak you're using and then it changes depending on the volume you're keeping on the amp the equalization of the amps the speaker you're using the power And the reverb reacts differently in any of those situations and give you something that is different any time. And this is absolutely magic. So I don't know how I got into this. But at some point, eventually, I started liking it. And I got much overexcited about that. And like everybody, start spending the money in buying the unit trying to understand the modification that you can do, changing the tubes, try to get this sound. Then, oh, I would like to sound like that. I would like to sound like that. Try to achieve the, get that. Then you read, you try to understand how they did it in the 60s, you know, what it was needed, and that's it. And somehow this for the river brought us to found surfing industries and what we're doing right now. That's amazing.
0: Um, What is that little unit that you have behind you?
1: To your left one, this? Yep. Yes. Yes, that is the that is a surfy bear classic. This is still our top model, top product. The surfy bear is something that is born from the surf community. And he's born from Bjorn Sheden, my partner at Surf Industries, who actually did this <clears throat> circuitry that was replicating the sound of the fender tank, but uh, without using the tubes with, a, with, with JFET transistors. Okay. But the circuitry is the same. So basically the same thing, but the solid state. And people went nuts for that. They went crazy for it. And so at some point in 2016, I at the Surfer Joe Summer Festival, I said, Bjorn, you know, we should have to get together and make it a business and make finished products. And this is how we started. But this is all for the love of the reverb. So this is basically the exact same thing that you get on a Fender Tank. You got the mix, the tone, and the dwell. And it just does the same of the Fender Fender Tank. It makes the reverb for the guitar. of course it's not just for surf music the vast majority of our customers luckily has not surf, are not surf musicians because otherwise they would be very we would have very few customers no we target to everybody and they're using we have feedbacks of people using the surfy bear units even in metal or crazy uh, crazy electronic and uh, strange sounding situation uh, but this is it, the Surfy Bear in all the different versions that we produce, replicate the sound of the of the Fender Tank and comes from surf music It's originally made out of surf music. Very cool. Very cool. Um, personally, I
0: love the sound of vinyl. When you listen to surf music, what is the best way for you to get your experience
1: Well, I have stopped buying CDs. And uh, I kept many CDs, but only the ones that are really uh, that you cannot find on vinyl. Um, And other than that, uh, I enjoy much more the vinyl. Uh, I don't know why exactly, but I think that the merchandise, the vinyl is somehow... um, Something that I, apart from the music, is, is, a, is an object, is an item, is a collectible, is something that you can touch, that you can smell. And I liked everything about it, you know, you don't just buy music, you buy something that has a very particular shape. So I love the concept of the vinyl per se. So I like to listen to that. And I never listen in in extremely good environment so incredible hi-fi system actually at home i have a mono sure vocal master 1968 the two columns yeah and i use that as is of course is obviously not a very modern sounding system the bass frequencies are quite ridiculous but, (laughs) but it's very authentic so i like to i like to hear it that way but of course then there's the digital ways and I have studio monitors and all the rest but um, if I have to listen to something um, for my pleasure I like to take the record put it on the turntable press play and and listen to it it that way in my living room and other than that of course it's like everybody in the car for the time that I'm around and (laughs) always the easiest way
0: so uh one last thing um is there anything you'd like to add before we sign off and uh maybe a message to the folks that are big fans of yours
1: i don't know if there's anyone that is a big fan of me i hope one or two person there'll be i know two persons probably and i'm very proud for those Uh Nothing much. Let's just stand by for the new record because this is going to be one. And other than that, I hope to see you guys soon on a show, on stage, since that's my, it's still my favorite place to be. So as much as I like recording the music, as much as I like the music recorded, I still think that music has to be played live on stage, especially surf music because when we talk about all these beautiful toys, these are just toys. But what really matters is when you are in front of this thing and you feel the sound and the air moving in your stomach and you're next to other people who share the same feeling with you and everything, there's something magic that cannot be reproduced even with the most beautiful record. So my wish is to... See you all again soon somewhere. (laughs) That's the point.
0: Very good. Face to face. Thank you so much, Lorenzo. It was wonderful talking to you.
1: It's my pleasure, Ryan. Very nice. Very nice meeting you. Uh, Thank you very much for inviting me. And um, hope to meet you in person also. Sooner than later. Yeah, that'd be great. You have a good day. Absolutely. You too, you too. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon.